What's up, everybody? Welcome back to more Shooting the Schmidt. So much NBA news has dropped today, you know, with Scott Brooks and the Wizards not agreeing to a new contract. Stan Van Gundy is fired. Kawhi is hurt. CP3's out indefinitely with COVID protocols. So much stuff going on. Plus, you got KD having an absolutely fantastic game last night. I mean, just so much has happened, you know, in the past 24 hours with the NBA. I'm, I'm so excited to get into it. You know, mini camp is going on for the NFL as well. We're going to touch at that touch touch on that at the very end. So let's get into it. So obviously, the lead for today has to be Kevin Durant last night. Like the dude, just absolutely insane. And you know, I said it, you know, a few podcasts ago. I guess last podcast when when Kyrie went down, Kevin Durant is more than good enough of beating the Bucks by himself twice. Like I mean, he's more than capable of doing that, especially at home. I mean, look, we saw it last night. He goes for 49, 17, and 10. He played the entire game. He only missed seven shots. He was 16 of 23 from the field, and he was 13 of 16 from the free throw line. Like, the dude is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, like, this this is the greatest score we've ever seen. He may be the greatest score that we ever see. I mean, he's just... Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's seven feet tall with a great handle, can shoot from anywhere, finishes great around the rim. He can post up. You know, he's so tall and long. You know, he turns around, he hits that Dirk fadeaway. I mean, he's just, he's impossible to guard. I mean, it's really that simple. And then, you know, when you're putting P.J. Tucker on him, I mean, he's just going to shoot over him. I still don't know why Giannis isn't guarding him. I mean, you know, first team all defense, one defensive player of the year last year. Like, come on, Giannis, like, like, take the challenge. Maybe, you know, it's Budenholzer being Budenholzer and not letting Giannis guard him for some reason, which just seems like something Coach Bud would do in general. You know, as great as Kevin Durant played, I want to say, you know, shouts to James Harden for playing. I think that just the threat of having James Harden on the floor really helped Kevin Durant in terms of spacing and having a second star that, you know, you have to respect, even though, James Harden was really bad, one of ten from the field, finished with five points, I believe. I mean, he was bad, but you know, having a second ball handler outside of Kevin Durant really, I think, helped KD. I think it helped the flow of the offense. You know, that's the one thing that ever since James Harden has come over from Houston, the way he commands the offense, he just does a really good job of that. And yes, I think his presence alongside Kevin Durant. It was big, you know, surprised James Harden played 46 minutes. We're going to get into that a little bit more when we talk about the Bucks. But I was really impressed with Kevin Durant. I mean, how could you not be? Like, the dude was absolutely insane. He's the best player left in the playoffs. People are saying he's the best player in the NBA. You know, I feel like he's been that way since 2017. You know, if you've been listening to me for a while, then, you know, you, you've heard me say that before. So he's just... He's, he's incredible, right? I mean, just the skill that he has, you know, he's the greatest scorer ever, okay? Like, you can argue whoever, you know, people have talked about James Harden being the greatest one-on-one scorer ever. It's not, like, it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant shoots the ball just as well, has just as good a handle, and he's, you know, seven feet tall, not six five or however tall James Harden is. You know, Michael Jordan, great scorer. Kevin Durant's six inches taller. Kobe Bryant, great scorer. Kevin Durant, six inches taller. You know, LeBron James, great scorer. Kevin Durant, four inches taller with a better jump shot. I mean, just what he does on the floor. I've missed watching him play so much. And, 
you know, seeing him play last night versus what he does versus what he did in Golden State, it's just his versatility. Because like Golden State, you know, off the ball quite a bit, so Curry could have it. Played on the ball, played on the ball some as well. Don't don't get me wrong. Whereas last night, he has the ball in his hands more, a lot more one on one. His ability to get downhill, and you know, PJ Tucker, you know, you got to tip your cap to him. Like he's doing everything he can, but at the end of the day, you know, PJ Tucker's six five, Kevin Durant, you know, seven foot. I mean, it's just it's impossible. You know, I thought he made, I thought he had like a good defensive night. Like he made Kevin Durant really work, and Kevin Durant only missed seven shots. I mean, the the guy is just ridiculous. And look, man, anytime you get 49 on 23 shots, I mean, that is, in and of itself, is just absolutely ridiculous. He was 4 of 9 from 3 as well. I mean, it's just really impressive seeing what he does. He defended well, too. That's the other thing. Like, he's such an underrated defender. Like, he's the best defender that the Nets have. And, you know, he was one of the better defenders when he was in Golden State. I mean, yeah, you know, you can you can bully him a little bit because of his lack of size in terms of weight and things like that, but... You know, his length and quickness and his ability to defend out on the perimeter, it's so special. I mean, like, it's he's just, he's a great defender as well. And, I mean, he's just, he's insane. Like, he's, you know, a top 25 player ever. Like, he's, he's absolutely r- ridiculous in everything that he does. So, let's switch gears for a minute. Let's talk Mike Budenholzer. I just, this guy needs to be fired. Like, just, like, simple as that. You know, I hate that, I hate that, I I don't like calling for people's jobs. It's something I don't really do. I think it's the first time I've really came out and just been like, yeah, this guy needs to be fired. Like, the coaching on the offensive end is just, like, it's terrible. Okay, like, you can't allow the Nets to get away with playing a hurt James Harden for 46 minutes, like, you have to do more offensively to attack this guy, right? And, look, when the Nets go small, which, you know, now that Jeff Green's back, who also played great last night, when when they go small, they switch everything. Like, that's kind of their answer to how they defend the pick and roll because they know at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter if James Harden's guarding Brooke Lopez or if Kevin Durant's guarding Brooke Lopez or Blake Griffin's guarding, like, it doesn't matter. Like, they they understand that. So they switch everything. So it wouldn't have been hard to get James Harden on a mismatch. Like, they should have switched James Harden onto Chris Middleton or Giannis as much as they possibly could. And they didn't. And I just, like, I don't understand it. Their offense down the stretch was terrible. Okay, they blew another lead in the second half. I mean, it's just, it's, it's inexcusable when you have, you know, one of the best players in the NBA in Giannis, and then you have a very capable number two in Chris Middleton. I mean, like it's it's inexcusable. They need a new head coach. They have to figure something out, or else this is all going to fall apart. Like if, if they don't get by the Nets, it may all fall apart. You know, Giannis may demand a trade. Budenholzer may leave, and then the Bucks are starting all over with no draft picks because they gave them all up to get Drew Holiday. So, yeah, Budenholzer he needs to go. It's time for him to go. I just, it's time. Like, as, you know, as good of, of a defensive coach as he is, and I mean, I think it's obvious, like, you know, the Bucks defensively, they've been really good under him. They just, they can't score. And at the end of the day, with the way that the NBA is, like, you have to be able to put up points 
if you're going to win consistently, if you're going to get past the second round, if you're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You have to be able to put up more points. And, you know, they just haven't been able to do that under Budenholzer in in the playoffs. Like, they're, yeah, it's it's time for him to go. Like, it's, it's time. So, some more news just broke. I just got the the notification that the Mavs and their GM have decided to part ways. It's a mutual thing. Donnie Nelson is now out as the Mavericks GM. He's been with them for the last 24 years. I just, wow. You know, the guy responsible for drafting Dirk, the guy responsible for drafting Luka, he's gone, which, look, 24 years, that's a really long time. It's probably, you know, a good thing that, you know, they're making some changes as long as they keep Rick Carlisle. That's really the big thing because he is a good coach. I don't care what people say. They, they need better players. They need guys who can play defense. I mean, yeah, so Donnie Nelson out as the Mavericks GM. So let's let's move on to some of the other big news that happened today before we take a short break. Kawhi Leonard out for Game 5. They say he's out indefinitely. You know, if you remember in Game 4, you know, he came up hobbling on his knee with about five and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. He finished the game and didn't play bad. Like, I thought he looked fine. So I'm... We'll see. I'm very interested to kind of see what plays out from here. I mean, because he, it's, you know, people are thinking it's ACL related, like it's torn, and I just, like, if his ACL was torn, he wouldn't have played the last five and a half minutes. I mean, like, it's Kawhi Leonard, so maybe he did, but I just, if his ACL was torn, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have finished the game like, like he did. So, I'm interested to see how severe it is. You know, reports are still coming out on what it looks like. What we do know for right now, though, is that he's out for Game 5. Like, he's done. He's done for, for Game 5. So, it'll be interesting to see that story kind of develop. Clippers had to have him to win. You know, like, if Paul George was out, I think the Clippers could, could get it done with just Kawhi. If it's just Paul George, there's no way. He's just too inconsistent to really kind of put the Clippers on his back. They're going to need something from Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson. Their role players are going to have to play extremely well for them to beat the Jazz now. And now CP3 is out indefinitely due to COVID protocols, which is just really frustrating. You know, the COVID stuff is, I'm not going to say it's over, but like it's coming to an end. States are fully opening up. People are being vaccinated. So hopefully he won't be out for that long. I mean, man, like it just, it sucks, you know, because people are kind of finally starting to notice CP3 for, you know, the greatness that, you know, he's had throughout his career. And then, and then this happens. You know, it sucks. You know, there's really no other way to say it. You know, I can't believe he wasn't more careful given that, you know, it's the playoffs and, you know, COVID is still technically a thing. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what the Suns do. You know, obviously, you know, that Clippers and Jazz series is going on. There's at least two more games. So he's going to have, you know, a few days to kind of figure stuff out. But, I mean, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, you know, he's back for game one of the Western Conference Finals. I don't know if that's likely or not. But, yeah, hopefully he'll be back soon. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into all-NBA teams. Those were released. We'll briefly touch on Stan Van Gundy getting fired and Scott Brooks. And then, yeah, so don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more shooting the Schmidt. 
So Stan Van Gundy is out as the New Orleans Pelicans head coach. Not really a surprise. I mean, has he ever really been a great coach? I mean, like, he was really good with the Magic. And that was really it. He wasn't very good in Detroit. I mean, he had good players down in New Orleans. You know, he's got Zion. Brandon Ingram's a really good player. Just a lot of young talent down there. And he couldn't really figure it out, which, you know, it happens. I'm interested to see who the Wizards... It's the Wizards who the Pelicans go and get. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens. Speaking of the Wizards, Scott Brooks couldn't agree to a new contract, so the Wizards, they're looking for a new head coach now as well. Nothing too, too deep to really go in about that. You know, Russell, Russell Westbrook probably won't be happy about it. You know, he and Scott Brooks are pretty tight, but, you know, he's not their best player anyway, so it'll be all right. So, all NBA teams, this is really kind of what I want to talk about. I'm excited. So, first things first. If you were on Twitter and you think somebody was snubbed from any of the All-NBA teams, that's fine. You can say that Devin Booker deserved to make the All-NBA team or Donovan Mitchell or Jason Tatum or whoever you want to say. But if you make this claim, you need to state who you would replace that is already on the All-NBA first team or second team or third team or wherever you you think they belong. So... Look, making an All-NBA team is really hard. All right, there's only 15 spots total, right? There's only six guard spots, only six forward spots, and then three center spots. So, I mean, it is extremely hard to make an All-NBA team. And, you know, that's just kind of the way it is in the NBA. Like, there's a lot of really good players. I mean, like, these are, you know, if you made a list of the 15 best players in the the NBA, most of these guys make the list. Some of them don't. Like, I don't think Gobert makes the list. He's really probably the only one. Like, I think, you know, like, this was your top 15 players in the NBA list. Like, I think, I don't think people would really be all that upset. So, look, All-NBA first team, I think they got it right. You know, Steph Curry, yes, he was absolutely ridiculous this year. I mean, you know, led the NBA in scoring, took an absolutely awful Warriors team, you know, to the playing games, almost should have made the playoffs. They just couldn't get it done against the Grizzlies. So, I mean, he was super impressive. I mean, Luka, like, it's Luka. Like, what else do I really need to say? Like, the kid has been awesome ever since he stepped foot in the league. You know, two years in a row now being All-NBA first team. I mean, you know, he passes the ball. I mean, he is the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, the guy completely deserves to be on All-NBA first team. I know some people are talking about how it should have been Damian Damian Lillard. You know, Damian Lillard had that one great stretch. In the middle of the season, you know, where the Trailblazers got up to, like, the number three overall seed and everything, and people were going crazy, like, Damian Lillard for MVP. And then he kind of fell off, kind of came back down to earth. Whereas Luka, you know, started the season slow, came into the season out of shape. He thought that he had a little bit more time to get ready. He thought the season would start later. Once he got in shape, though, I mean, he he was absolutely incredible. So, yeah, like, Luka should be first team. I like how Damian Lillard is on the second team. That in... I think Damian Lillard has more talent around him than Luka does. You know, C.J. McCollum would easily be the second-best player if he was to go to Dallas. I mean, there's definitely more talent surrounding Damian Lillard than there was Luka Doncic. So, yeah, definitely agree with Luka being first-team. You know, Giannis, first-team, that's not really a surprise. Kawhi Leonard, first-team, not really a surprise. And then Jokic, you know, league MVP. Like, yeah, no surprise there. Second team, 
you know, you got Damian Damian Lillard, who was awesome this year, like fully deserving. You know, if you want to put him in your first team over Luca, like that's fine. You know, I'm not gonna like throw a fit, but yeah, I I, I agree that he should have been on the second team. Chris Paul on the second team, rightfully so. I know like his numbers aren't super eye popping, but when you look at what the Suns were last year compared to this year, I mean, and he is you know a big part of that. You know, I have no problem with him being you know second team All NBA over you know his teammate Devin Booker, who probably should have made All NBA third team. You know, we'll we'll get into that here in a sec. So yeah, I, I'm, I like this one. Julius Randle made it. You know, cool. You know, he was really good this year. You know, maybe Jason Tatum. I like Jason Tatum more than Julius Randle. That's kind of a biased thing. But, you know, J- Julius Randle, he was really good this year for the Knicks. I may have gone Jason Tatum, but, you know, not super upset at it. Um, LeBron James makes it. And, you know, the reason why he's second team is just because, you know, he missed so many games. You know, totally get it. You know, Joel Embiid, second team, not really surprised there either. You know, he was awesome this year for the 76ers. And then all... NBA third team. So Bradley Beal totally deserves it. I'd probably switch him and Chris Paul just because, you know, when you look at the Wizards, like you know Bradley Beal, most important player on his team, best player on his team. When you look at Chris Paul, you know, you could definitely make the argument that, you know, Devin Booker is more impactful just because of how much they go to him offensively. You know, you could make, you know, an argument that Devin Booker is more important to the Suns than Chris Paul. So I may have switched them, you know, like I said, I'm not going to throw a fit, you know, with Chris Paul being being on the second team, but you know, you could definitely make an argument for Bradley Beal to be second team all NBA over Chris Paul. Kyrie Irving's the second guard. I don't I disagree with this. Kyrie Irving should not be on the all NBA team with how many games he missed. You know, I would have put Devin Booker in his spot. I mean, he missed so many games, you know, Devin Booker I don't think he missed any. You know, if he did, you know, it was only five, it was only a handful. So yeah, I would put Devin Booker in over Kyrie. You know, the Suns also had the second best record in the NBA. I think his role is more important to the Suns than Kyrie Irving's role because I mean we saw it last night. Kevin Durant and James Harden can do it without Kyrie, and so for that reason as well, I wouldn't have put Kyrie Irving on my third team All NBA. Jimmy Butler made it for the Heat. You know, I'm not mad at it, I guess. I, I'm, I'm not mad at it. You know, it's cool. I, I can live with it. I probably would put Jason Tatum in over Jimmy Butler just because I think Jason Tatum's a better player, point blank. You know, Paul George made it as he should have. You know, he had a really good year this year. I know people like to make fun of Paul George and, you know, Pandemic P and Playoff P and, you know, whatever you want to call him. But he had, at the end of the day, he had a really good year this year, shot the ball really well from three. So not really upset at that. And then Rudy Gobert, third-team All-NBA, cool. There really is no other center to put in here. Centers are kind of extinct. There's really only three or four left in the NBA, it feels like. So, yeah, you know, Rudy Gobert, that's cool. You know, what he does defensively is really impactful, so not not upset, not upset at that at all. All-defensive first team, Ben Simmons, as he should be, the best defender in the NBA, strictly because of his ability to defend multiple positions. Drew Holiday, yeah, totally agree with this as well. I mean, his ability to defend is awesome. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it. We've seen it throughout the playoffs. Like, the guy can, he's a great defender. 
Draymond Green, yes, without a doubt. You know, he really had a bounce back year. He struggled defensively last year. Was much better this year. Was really impressed with him. Giannis, yeah, without a doubt. Rudy Gobert, of course. Now, here's the interesting thing. Giannis is the only unanimous all-defensive first-team player, which I just kind of thought was weird considering Rudy Gobert did win Defensive Player of the Year and he wasn't unanimous. I thought that was kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, second-team all-defense. Jimmy Butler is is a guard for the all-defensive team, but a forward for the all-NBA team. I just, man, some of this voting stuff, I, I get that, you know, they change positions, and, you know, you could say Jimmy Butler's a shooting guard, you can say he's a small forward. I, I just, I don't know. I wish that, you know, there was some way to define these guys' positions, but in the modern NBA, where they're playing positionless basketball, it's really kind of hard to do that, but... I mean, yeah, like, I'm not mad at it. Jimmy Butler, great defender. Matisse Thibel, so glad he got in. Such a great defender for for the 76ers. He's awesome. You know, he's had to defend Trey Young some here in the playoffs and things like that. I mean, he's he's an awesome defender. You know, Bam, of course. You know, Kawhi Leonard, of course. And then Joel Embiid. Yeah, I mean, like that. It all makes sense. You know, no no fits to be thrown with the all-defensive teams. So, yeah, that's going to do it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into NFL mini camp stuff. And yeah, it should be good. So we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with the final segment of today's show. Going to do a little bit of NFL stuff here at the end with mini camp starting. And yeah, so Aaron Rodgers holding firm. Didn't show up last week to mandatory mini camp for the Green Bay Packers. Packers are holding firm, saying they're not going to trade him. Aaron Rodgers, he's not showing up. Like, find him. He doesn't care. He's already made his money. And, yeah. So, it's interesting. You know, he made a joke today or the other day about how he's had a quiet offseason or something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm super interested to kind of see how that's going to unfold when the season starts. Is who's going to give first? I really hope the Packers trade him. I really want the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. Just because I think it'd be the best thing for the league. You know, send him to Denver. Like, that Denver team would be really good. We get to watch Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers battle it out twice a year. We get to watch. Like, that whole division would be awesome. Like, Derek Carr would be the worst quarterback in that division, and he's not even a bad quarterback. Okay, the problem with the Raiders is, you know, John Gruden. (laughs) They've been really bad offensively ever since he showed up. But anyway, that's a a topic for another day. So, yeah, so like that division would be awesome. Justin Herbert, you know, and Aaron Rodgers would get to go at it twice a year. Herbert and Mahomes twice a year. I mean, it would be so much fun just to watch that division. And yeah, so please trade Aaron Rodgers. Please. I'm begging you, Green Bay Packers, trade Aaron Rodgers. Some more holdout news. Three of the top defensive backs in the NFL did not show up to their mini camps this week. Xavier Howard, you know, led the league in interceptions last year, had 10 picks. He was awesome. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. So, so he wants a new contract. You know, he feels like he's outplayed, you know, the contract that he's currently on and things like that. And, you know, it's cool. I mean, I, I understand, you know, all these guys, they want to go get their money. You know, they're not in the league for very long. So, yeah, man, go... Go make your money. Go do all that. 
Uh, Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots holding out as well, hoping for a new contract. And then you got Jamal Adams for the Seahawks doing the same thing. And, you know, it's really interesting, you know, the NFL where, you know, the NBA, you know, guy holds out, teams cave immediately. NFL, that is not the case. So I think that what would be interesting, what I really like about the Steelers, they do not discuss, they, they don't negotiate contracts unless guys are present at camp. That to me is a great policy. I think everybody wins. You know, you're, you've got people willing to talk. Guys are at mini camp like they're supposed to be. And I'm just curious as to why like more teams don't do that. Like, I think it's really interesting. So, yeah, like, those guys, cool. You know, they're holding out. You know, do do what you got to do to get your money. You know, short short career. You know, do 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 what you got to do to make your money. I get it. So, finally, before we wrap it up, Tua. My guy, Tua. Tua's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. I'm riding this ship until it sinks. He threw five interceptions in their opening scrimmage. Five. Cinco. A lot. And, you know, I was on Twitter yesterday, and Dolphins fans were freaking out, and the media is like, oh, he told you. And, you know, I, Colin Coward, you know, known, known critic of Tua, I'm sure he went on a show today and was like, five interceptions, and it's only practice. You know, and people are freaking out. But, like, it's only practice. It's the first one. That Dolphins secondary is legit, even without Xavier and Howard. Don't freak out. They're also playing in a thunderstorm that looks more like a tsunami. <laughs> like, rain everywhere. Brian Flores came out. You know, reporters were talking about how they wanted to see what they could do in that kind of weather. So they wanted quarterbacks to be really aggressive. You know, usually, you know, if you play like a really NFL game in that kind of weather, you're running the football a lot. If you throw the football, you're throwing it, you know, five to seven yards downfield, a lot of quick slant routes, things like that. That is apparently not what Miami was trying to do in that kind of weather. I mean, they're throwing goes. They're throwing, you know, 15-yard digs. They're throwing, you know, deep crossing routes. They're trying to throw post routes just to see what Tua can do in this kind of weather. Because, look, like when you play in Miami, like rain happens. It rains hard sometimes. So they just wanted to know going into the season, like, what can Tua do in this kind of weather? Which, you know, is smart. Like, that's good coaching. Like, that makes a lot of sense. And so, yeah, like, people freaking out. Like, don't freak out. Okay, like, it's one practice. You know, I was on Twitter earlier today. Apparently, he looked much better today. I'm assuming that the weather calmed down. So, yeah, like, it's not that big a deal. Don't freak out. Don't freak out about it. So, that's going to do it. Go follow me on TikTok at Shooting the Schmidt. Follow me on Twitter at jschmidt underscore four if you, want, if you want more from me. I'm really excited. Friday, we're dropping a new segment. I'm handing out the most Schmitty Award to the worst player in the NBA. I'm really excited. I'm hoping to kind of make the most Schmitty Award something that we do every Friday or something, you know, along those lines. And, yeah, so, like I said, follow me on TikTok at Shooting the Schmidt. Follow me on Twitter at jschmidt underscore four. And, yeah, should be good. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back again on Friday. I cannot wait. Cannot wait for that show. It's going to be so much fun. Game 5 tonight of the Jazz and the Clippers. No Kawhi Leonard, no Mike Conley either. 
Game 5 of the Hawks and 76ers is tonight as well. That series is also tied 2-2. Two two. A lot of really good NBA playoff stuff going on. Can't wait to get into it again here on Friday. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that episode on Friday. Thank you guys again so much for listening. This has been Shooting the Schmidt.